Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Tonight we're going to be discussing the November Blu-ray 4K releases. I am Jamie, and I'm joined here by Adam, our Blu-ru <laughs> guru. Our Blu-ray guru. <laughs> Blu-ray guru. That, that's the Blu-ru funny. that you guru. The Blu-ru that the you Blu-ray do. Guru. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, it's it's not as disgusting as it sounds, I promise, folks. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So well, do we want to talk about any awards contenders we've seen, or just jump right into it? It's up to you. I'll let you steer the ship. Oh, I don't much care about award contenders. I don't care about the awards anymore. <laughs> well, I'm kind of there with you, although I'm contractually obligated to vote since I'm on. Uh, Two of the film critics circles and and i'm listen i'm lucky i, I i'm not complaining it's uh i feel blessed as the saying goes because i get to see a lot of these things early and uh for that i'm grateful but um sometimes it's a chore to come up with a top 10 list these days the last couple of years have been a little bit of a, a little hard for me getting harder used to be easy but uh you know sometimes it's hard to be a voter <laughs> that it is. Stand um, by, Jean Dillman. There, there, there. Yeah. Well, you've seen a couple of things. You've seen the Fablemans. You've seen She Said. So you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a little yeah. bit up there on stuff. I saw Tar, Tardy Dar Dar. Oh, you did see that. And yeah. your take on that? I don't think we talked about that one. Uh. Uh. You know, I didn't quite, I didn't quite like it. It's got some interesting stuff going on. I don't know mm-hmm. that it's the, it's the best kind of distillation of the stuff, kind of stuff that they wanted to explore, but, mm-hmm. but I not, might not be fully appreciative of it. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I might not see everything that's there. Yeah, I'm, I was a little disappointed with it. I love Todd Field, uh, his previous two films anyway. I love Little Children. Love, love, loved it. And, um, in the bedroom was really strong too, and so coming off the strength of those two films, I I just expected a whole lot more. And I, you know, when the movie starts and you're seeing the uh, closing credits for literally five minutes over the opening credits with the boom operator and all that, it's like uh, I knew right off the the bat. I said, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, very austere. Uh, yeah, very but, austere choice to open the movie like that, and the whole movie right. follows suit. But it sure does. I appreciated yeah. that it was about. Uh, it was complicated. It was about a lot of the stuff that's going on in the culture today, and mm-hmm. the whole question of the art versus the artist, and whether they can be separated, or what the what the role of art is is it to give people mm-hmm. pleasure, and 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 the transmission of that. How much does the artist's ego play a part, or should it play a part? And, mm-hmm. and then you have the whole, the whole cancel culture thing. I don't think he actually falls on one side or the other about any of that debate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, yeah. he just, he just kind of presents it and asks questions without, without answering. There's nothing, and you know, I know that some people have said that the movie's racist because of the. Um, how it ends but um i don't know yeah i don't know that she's 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 relegated to a third world country but then again she started her training 
in in the third world. She she mm-hmm. she spent time with that tribe that she talks about at the beginning of the movie. And so maybe that's a return to before the purity of her as an artist, even if she's composing soundtrack music for cosplay people in Thailand or something. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's a return to the before she b- gathered all that power. Maybe the, it's a more pure artistry that she's practicing at the end. I don't know. It's uh, maybe I'll watch it sometime in my lifetime, but uh, not 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 too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I am. Uh, I I uh, I admire his command of. You know the uh, the medium of film. I mean, it's a beautifully shot film and w- wonderfully acted, but uh, it just from a narrative standpoint just doesn't really do it for me. And I I didn't didn't uh, was was very disappointed. I have to admit because I uh, with him not having made a film in 16 years, I just expected a little more. So uh, what, fascinate, what fascinates me is that he knows that world of classical yes, classical yeah. composition. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt that you're in a, in a very informed movie. So I'm I'm wondering, was that already in his bones, like that that world, or did he yeah. have to immerse himself in it because he he really creates the innards of that. Sure does, yeah, yeah, he really does. But yeah, I uh, you know, uh, like I said, I can't say that I hated it, but I was definitely disappointed. I guess that's the best way to put it. But. Uh, on our last show, I briefly talked about Avatar, which uh, will be coming out a week from the time that we uh, record this. And I was I was a little disappointed with that. I know the, the most of the reviews are glowing, but I shouldn't have been disappointed because it's pretty much if you love the original, you're going to love it. But um, it's basically a three hour revenge film. And, uh, you know, uh, the craft is amazing, obviously, with James Cameron, the technology's there and. Uh, but the story-wise just doesn't, you know, uh, it's kind of, you know, been there, done that. Uh, it wasn't anything revolutionary in storytelling, and so I was kind of kind of disappointed with that. But then I did see The Whale, which is getting some mediocre reviews, and I don't really understand it because I found it to be quite moving. Uh, I was emotionally uh, invested the entire time, and, you know, there's this whole conversation going on about Brendan Fraser playing – somebody who's plus sized and it's like, well, you know, um, that's what actors do. They act. Uh, I don't get, I don't get all that. And, uh, so I've been, you know, there's a lot of that talk going on, but, uh, I thought it was good. I, I really have to, uh, admit that I was taken by it. And then I saw Babylon, uh, Damien Chazelle's latest, which comes out in two weeks. And, uh, that was pretty spectacular from a filmmaking standpoint as well. Uh, the opening scene of that film just grabs you where they're trying to uh, pull an elephant on a truck up the hill in Los Angeles in the 1920s. And uh, uh, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, immediately, you know where this film is headed with, with that sequence with them trying to pull this elephant up the hill. And uh, it just it doesn't let up from there. I mean, it's just there's so much going on. That's just such a busy, busy, busy kind of reminds you of magnolia you know being a three plus hour movie that's just there's always something going on and just it's it is an incredibly busy three hour and nine minute film that uh you know and for people like you and i who love you know that hollywood and its history i mean they really 
uh, recreate the 1920s Hollywood and all of that. Brad Pitt's great in it, and uh, just uh, well, Margot Robbie also uh, is very good in it. And uh, there's some great casting choices. Eric Roberts turns up as Margot Robbie's father. I thought that was pretty inspired, and he does a has a few good scenes there. Uh, there's one memorable scene where he uh, is asked to uh, he he's always bragging about wrestling snakes and so they actually put him to the test and they send they bring him out to the desert and force him to uh, <laughs> wrestle a rattlesnake <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting um, so it's it's uh it's long but you don't feel it uh, it does not I mean I felt every minute of uh, Avatar whereas with Babylon it seemed to zoom by at three hours and nine minutes so. Uh, Anyway, a, a, a recommendation for Babylon, although it does kind of run out of steam in the last half hour, in the last maybe 40 minutes or something, you, you feel like it's kind of running out of steam a little bit. But uh, Damien Chazelle is, is amazing. His command of, of film, uh, again, he knows what to do. And uh, I just, I'm, it just really makes me feel good when you're watching a film that's, actually made by somebody who appreciates the art of cinema and knows what to do. So anyway, enough about all that. I just thought I'd mention those few uh, things that are out there. Now, can you tell when Avatar changes frame rates? Yes, I absolutely could. That's, that is a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it is just uh, very distracting. And I had been told that they had perfected that. Uh, that it, you know, I, uh, my understanding was that it was perfected and I saw it in a Dolby Vision cinema with 3D. Uh, there were only three of us in the entire, it was a 700 seat auditorium with three people in there, myself and two other critics. And uh, so we were very lucky to, to have that privilege. Uh, but I just was very distracted. It, it looks like, very high quality video is what it looks like. Very, you know, it's makes you almost, you know, the, the type, type of thing you would have, you know, uh, when you're watching a soap opera, except it's shot, you know, in a high resolution rate. But it, it has that feel, that same feel. And then one moment it's, uh, you know, it, it has a very film uh, feel to it, you know, and then two seconds later, you, you feel like you're watching a videotape or, a, or just a very a videotape with high resolution. So it, it's very distracting. They have not perfected this. And uh, I and I asked the guy who is with the uh, company that does the uh, the screenings if it was just me, and he said that uh, uh, he, he noticed the same thing, that it was distracting. So, yeah, that is a problem. So if you're going to see it in, uh, with the higher frame rate, you, you'll pick up on it. I can almost guarantee it. So, yeah. We're recording this on Friday, December. No, we're recording this on December 11th, mm-hmm. which is uh, the day that Marion Crane steals the money. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Good call. Good. Anybody out there that doesn't know what we're talking about, I'll just. I'm not going to explain it. It's movie history. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. All right. November Blu rays. Yes. Let's go ahead and get it done. Yeah, so we can start out with, uh, this is one that pretty much everybody's seen, I think, yourself included. Top Gun Maverick uh, made the uh, leap to, after a long uh, period in the uh, theaters, actually. Uh, they, uh, they kept that one out there for quite a while and uh, didn't, you know, normally it's a, it's a 90, 
90-day window, I think, now before it comes to home video. But in this case, uh, it was almost six months uh, from the time – actually, six months from the time of release to uh, the time that it hit physical media. But, yeah, it's a, a reference standard uh, disc, I would say. It's amazing as far as the the picture and the audio. If you have a good home theater system – uh, you definitely want to get Top Gun Maverick if you haven't already. So, uh, I mean, there's nothing I can say about the film. I mean, you know, that hasn't been said already, and we all know how well it's done. But uh, just wanted to mention the uh, technological specs on the disc. Uh, you you will be wowed. And uh, so, anyway, Top Gun Maverick out from Paramount with a few extras there. I think there's some um, – it's quite a – bit of extras actually uh, you know uh, behind the scenes stuff i think it's a little bit of a step up from the electronic press kit stuff that we normally get on these discs these days a little bit better than that but uh, anyway it's probably one you want to pick up if you have a good sound and video system so anyway uh a quartet i guess you would say of christmas classics from warner uh warner brothers actually is being issued or has been issued um, these are the perennial standards that we get every year that have been given the 4K enhancement in picture. We have a Christmas story, Christmas vacation, Elf, and the Polar Express. And all four of these have, uh, uh, care, there are no new extras on any of these discs, but what you do get are the, uh, all of the archival extras being carried over there. And, uh, you know, in addition to the, Upgrade in picture, so if you want to, uh, and they and they do look great. Uh, they really do. Christmas Story and uh, uh, Elf, especially Christmas Vacation too. Yeah, they all they all they've done a good job with this, as they usually do at Warner Brothers. So anyway, for whatever it's worth, just wanted to mention that uh, those are out there. And Schwarzenegger, the you know 1987, the uh, adaptation of uh, the Stephen King short story, The Running Man, has made the 4K leap. Uh, courtesy of Lionsgate, so that has been issued as well. I don't think there's any new extras there either. I think we're basically just getting uh, what's already been on previous releases. Uh, the classic Christmas specials, uh, you have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, those are all being issued by Universal, and these are the old... Um, uh, you know, um, the, well, these are perennials as well, I guess you would say. Uh, Rankin Bass is, uh, the one, the studio responsible for those. I think, uh, Jules Rankin passed away just recently or something, I believe. Uh, anyway, uh, those being issued from, released originally, of course, between the years of 1964 and 1970. And speaking of our, um, Sight and Sound list that's been, you know, we did an entire show on it. In the Mood for Love, one of those films that's on that list has made the 4K leap, courtesy of Criterion, with some, uh, I think these are all extras that have previously been issued that are being carried over as well. I don't. There think is a complaint about Criterion's 4Ks. Yeah. What I'm is, hearing several things. What is, that, what is that complaint? Is, Go ahead. Well, the one the com- complaint that I'm hearing is that it's hard to differentiate between right. the uh, yeah the Blu-rays and it's the same standard, you know. There's there's no difference in the uh, the packaging, 
so the artwork or anything, you know, and you just <laughs> you could accidentally pick it up if you were buying it in a store, which yeah, they, not too many I really had to pay attention stuff. when I went to Barnes and Noble, um, yeah. last month because uh, all you really have to go by is uh, the little 4K logo on the bottom of the back. That's right. You just gotta right. really keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that's problematic. Uh, I don't know if they're going to rectify that. I I have no idea, but. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have been voicing their complaints about that. So, yes. Um, so, anyway, Starship Troopers being given the 4K upgrade. That's a 25th anniversary edition, courtesy of Sony. Um, you know, that's uh, Paul Verhoeven directing, of course, and uh, did uh, has been a, a staple on home video. I Which think one? People, uh, uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul Verhoeven. And, uh, yeah, I got the 4K. That one. Yeah, you did get it. Okay. Have yeah, you the steel book. To... Watched it. Yeah, you did. Okay. What yeah, did, yeah. Uh, what's your take on it? How the quality? Uh, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, man, the, f- uh, the funniest line for me is, uh, when they see the dead, uh, Marine or whatever at the, the old barracks and, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Rooker turns to the camera and says, it sucked his brains out. <laughs> such, such a dramatic reading. I mean, it's a dramatic line, but that it's just a ridiculous yep. line read so dramatically. He, de- I, I would imagine they probably cracked up every time he did that. <laughs> oh, that's good. I haven't seen that in so long. I, I, I remember I had fun with it. I'd like to uh, go back and revisit it's been a long time. Maybe since it originally was in theater since I've seen it. But uh, anyway, we also have uh, Daisies from 1966. That's a Criterion release as well, I do believe. Yeah, and uh, we have – yeah, that's Criterion. Yeah, that's um, The Misadventures of Two Brash Young Women – uh, believing the world to be spoiled, they embark on a series of prank, pranks in which nothing, food, clothes, men, and war, is taken seriously. This is a Russian film, I believe, and it has, uh, over the years, gotten a good um, it's built-in status, I think. But anyway, Daisies from 1966, Criterion release. The Batman uh, from earlier this year being given the 4K treatment. I wanted to say that was already available in 4K, but uh, according to my release list here, it is... Newly in 4K. So, anyway, uh, the Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Lionsgate's uh, uh, putting those together for a Evil Dead double feature in 4K. Uh, so those uh, those have previously been been available separately. We have a uh, Holiday Inn, the another Christmas perennial with Bing Crosby, of course, and uh, Fred Astaire. And that's uh, from Paramount. They've given that the uh, 4K treatment. Uh, at Close Range with Christopher Walken and Sean Penn from 1986. That has been uh, reissued by MVD the, as part of their Rewind collection. It's previously been released by Twilight Time, which is long out of print, but uh, being reissued. Uh, Dream Lover from 1993 being uh, issued by uh, Paramount. I think that was a Miramax title, and they now control the Miramax library. So Dream Lover has been has been issued by Paramount on Blu-ray. That's and the James Spader? 
yes. Yes, that's the one. And we have Felix and Lola and Love Street, a double feature from Cohen Media Group. Uh, that has been uh, given a Blu-ray release, uh, those films from 2001, 2002. And The Good Boss is a uh, newer release that I did not get a review copy of, also from Cohen Media from 2021, The Good Boss. And we have The Creature from Black Lake from 1976. This was previously released. We talked about it a little bit. It's one of those Bigfoot films from the uh, from the mid-70s, this one with Jack Elam. And it's about two college kids who go out looking for Bigfoot in the small southern town, and they eventually find him. And uh, it's a pretty effective film shot by Dean Coondy, who would, of course, go on to work uh, with John Carpenter, among uh, many others. And uh, it's a pretty effective Bigfoot film, if you like those, from the mid-'70s. And uh, it was limited edition. Now it's been given a, a mass pressing, so it's uh, more readily available if you didn't get one of the limited edition uh, versions that came out. Or, uh, so Creature from Black Lake, that's from Synapse Home Entertainment from 1976. And it's the first time it's ever been issued in uh, its complete. It's filmed in 2.35 to 1. Anamorphic uh, never uh, was given that type of release until now. So thank goodness that has been rectified. Uh, so moving on to November 8th, Casablanca has been issued in 4K. That is also a real uh, event from Warner Brothers, I would say, in terms of the quality on that. Uh, it's, again, almost standard. Uh, I mean, um, uh, reference is what I meant to say. Reference uh, in ter- terms of the quality, uh, the sound has been given a little um, enhancement as well. Uh, all of the previous extras have been included from earlier editions of Casablanca, but that, this, of course, is the 80th anniversary of Casablanca, so uh, getting the 4K treatment as well, I would highly recommend that one. And you have Earth Girls Are Easy from 1988. You've got... I think Julian Temple directed this, I believe. Is it, uh, anyway, it's part of the Vestron Collectors series that's being issued by Lionsgate. And uh, they have put this out with a, with some new extras, um, that uh, uh, new commentaries, that type stuff. So we I, have, ordered, uh, I ordered Bright Lights Big City through MVD. Uh-huh. And then it arrived. And then a couple of days later, they sent me another one, Savannah Smiles, like just for... Shits and giggles. They just gave me a free. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I. Uh, it's weird. Uh, Savannah. Savannah Smiles is kind of a guilty pleasure. It was one of those films, you know, that turned up on HBO a lot back in the day. So. Uh, yeah, it yeah, looks, it looks I, like total shit. Does it really? You haven't watched the movie on that they came out with? No, I didn't get one. I didn't. I didn't get one of those. <clears throat> no, it looks terrible. Oh gosh, sorry to hear that. They still got like, you know, and in between uh, real f- real changes, you can can actually hear the, oh jeez, the record skips or something that kind of sound. Yeah, the, the pop. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. Hmm. Well, it's interesting to note. I know I didn't get. To, I remember when they put that out a couple of years ago, but I didn't get a uh, I didn't get a review copy of that one. So nope. So, did you get Escape from Alcatraz from uh, Kino? Coast? No, I, their... wanted, I wanted to. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. 
It's very good. I would say uh, they did a good job with the transfer. This is a Clint Eastwood film, of course, based on the true story about the four men who escaped from Alcatraz. And uh, it's, there's a whole chapter on it in the new Quentin Tarantino book, the cinema speculation book. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of, it was the last time that Clint Eastwood worked with Don Siegel. And uh, it was a good way for them to end their partnership, I would say. Cause it's a pretty, pretty, pretty darn good movie. Yeah. Uh, audio comp yeah. It's it, it gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. It's effective. It surely is. Uh you have audio commentary by film historian Steve Mitchell and Nathaniel Thompson, an interview with the screenwriter Richard Tuggle, and an interview with actor Larry Hankin, who's in the film, obviously. Uh so Escape from Alcatraz getting the four K Ultra H D upgrade from Kino. Uh Power of the Dog being issued in four K the Oscar winner from last year, directed by Jane Campion. I wasn't a fan, but I know a lot of people are. Uh, anyway, that's uh, this is one of those uh, new titles you're always talking about, how they seem to always put out the newer stuff, at least one new title a month, and instead of uh, the classics mm-hmm. that are still languishing. Anyway, yeah, Power of the Dog being issued by Criterion with some commentaries and uh, interviews, documentaries, all that stuff. So. Saturday Night Fever uh, made its leap to 4K via Paramount, and the word on the street was not good on the transfer on this one. I didn't get a review copy, so I can't really speak to that, but the word on the street is not good on the transfer. They say the sound is sound mix is kind of timid, doesn't really jump out at you like the uh, the Blu-ray, the the uh, 35th anniversary. Like Saturday Night Fever? Right, yes. Yeah, I hear I that's really the bad. The 40th anniversary uh, Blu-ray, that's what it was. It was the 40th anniversary blu- Blu-ray they said was really good. It is good. I have it. It has the uh, the director's cut with the extra five minutes in there. Yeah, because there was a scene that, uh, that they wanted to get in there, and it was cut for time or something. Anyway, they, they argued over it. It got cut. But, um, anyway, so Saturday Night Fever... Coming to video on 4K, but not really sure if the jury's out on that one because I haven't gotten a chance to look at it. So anyway, uh, Audrey Rose, directed by Robert Wise, the uh, horror film, his second attempt at a horror film, I guess, after The Haunting. And this is about a story of reincarnation with uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Marsha Mason. And there's some new extras here as well. There's uh, interviews and uh, commentaries, all that stuff. But uh, Audrey Rose getting a Blu-ray release from Kino. And uh, 8 Mile, uh, the story of the life and times of Eminem, getting a 4K issue from Universal. Uh, and um, we also have I, the Jury, the original 1953 version of I, the Jury, coming to 4K in its original 3D version. And that's from uh, Classic Flicks, I believe. I believe that's the label. Anyway. Got a couple of couple more titles here from uh, Kino. We have a small town in Texas starring Timothy Bottoms uh, from 1976. This is another one you should turn up on HBO quite a bit. It's not not bad, not bad. I've seen it. Uh, it's it's okay of its type. And uh, the Cycle Savages from 1969. That is also a Kino release. Both of these uh, with commentaries and. Uh, type stuff so anyway we also have fancy pants from 1950 from kino that's a bob hope and lucille ball and bedtime for bonzo which was considered to be the pinnacle of absurdity in ronald reagan's film career 
and it is getting a Blu-ray release, and not nearly as bad as its reputation would suggest. And it's also worth mentioning that Fred D. Cordova, who eventually would be the producer of The Tonight Show, he directed this film. So <laughs> I always thought that was interesting. <laughs> and who, uh, who started yeah. The Tonight Show? Oh, that was Jack Parr. No, no, no. Who came up with the idea of The Tonight Show? Oh, the idea. Oh, I'm not sure about the idea. Same, the same person that came up with the idea of uh, the Today Show. <laughs> really? Yep. Well, today, tonight, why <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's uh, father. That's right. Yeah, 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 and her uncle was Doodles Weaver, the uh, guy who used to be with uh, Spike Jones. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I I had forgotten that. Yes. Very good. Right. Yeah. There'll be a series of quizzes throughout the show. <laughs> you can play along at home. Well, uh, the uh, 2021 horror film, uh, only running 73 minutes, called Incredible But True. That's uh, out there from Arrow Video. It's about a, a couple who moved to the suburb house of their dreams, but the real estate agent warns them what's in the basement may well change your lives forever, and they find that out to be the case. Uh there's new commentaries here and uh, documentary. Anyway, um, not sure about this one. I did not get a chance to look at it. I do have a review copy, but just didn't get around to uh, to looking at it. So, anyway, uh, I will mention that the Office has also the uh, the uh, this is the Paramount Plus mini series about the making of the Godfather has been issued on Blu-ray from Paramount. Uh, with uh, actually two and a half hours of special features. There's deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes featurettes, and more, it says. So anyway, uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it on Paramount Plus and you want a physical copy of it, well, the offer is now available for purchase. And we have uh, Loving Highsmith, which is a documentary about the author Patricia Highsmith, who wrote The Talented Mr. Ripley and uh, the book that the film Carol was based on. And that's a new documentary uh, from that's being released by Kino. And there's bonus features here, a recording of the score, additional interviews, and additional footage about her family. So uh, the uh, author, Patricia Highsmith, getting the documentary treatment in Loving Highsmith. So there is that. Oh, let's see. We're moving right along here. We also have Reservoir Dogs getting the 4K treatment. Uh, for the first time, uh, this is, I want to warn people, if you have the original 10th anniversary DVD of Reservoir Dogs, you might want to hold on to that because there are a lot of special features that did not make the trip over to the 4K edition. There's not a lot in the way of extras, and I don't know why. I don't know if they were, there's a rights problem with some of these uh, extras, but anyway, uh, if you do make the purchase of the 4k reservoir dogs which i i hear that uh, picture wise it's uh, quality wise it's pretty good but uh, you may want to think about it before you ditch your dvd so anyway reservoir dogs quentin tarantino's debut film coming to 4k from Lionsgate and pearl the uh, this was the prequel to x which was a well-reviewed horror film this from this previous from this year actually i was not a fan of it of course i Said what I had to say about it. I didn't see Pearl, so I can't say anything about it. But anyway, Lionsgate is doing the releasing honors with a Blu-ray edition of Pearl. They're talking about the lead actress from that film possibly getting some Oscar love. I don't know. 
Who knows? Uh, the Infernal Affairs trilogy, the Infernal Affairs, of course, the original was the film that served as the basis for Martin Scorsese's The Departed. And then there was a prequel and a sequel. Well, they're all, they've all been collected together in this uh, new box set from Criterion, which includes, um, oh, you have audio commentaries with the co-directors, archival interviews. And uh, a making of program, behind the scenes footage, deleted scenes, outtakes, and uh, new transfers on all three of the Infernal Affairs trilogy films. Uh, these Hong Kong crime films are considered to be classics of, of the modern era. So uh, anyway, there you go. Uh, the Sunny Chiba collection is a new set from Shout Factory that uh, it's part of the Shout Select line of titles. And they previously did a Street Fighter box set, which has all of Sonny Chiba's Street Fighter films. This has all the all of his most of his output or a good bit of it uh, of the non Street Fighter films. Uh, it includes Perform Murder, Extend My Condolences, Bodyguard Kiba One and Two, Shogun's Shadow, Samurai Reincarnation, and uh, Swords of Vengeance. And there are new extras here at the uh, interview with Sonny Chiba. I, I would assume that this was – I don't know if they were in the planning stage on this project when they – or if this is just archival interview. I'm not sure. Anyway, theatrical trailers for uh, some of their other films uh, that they've previously issued that are uh, also martial arts films. So anyway, the Sonny, Sonny Chiba collection from Shout Factory, part of the Shirt, Shout Select line of titles. And we have 3,000 Years of Longing, which is the latest film from director George Miller of Mad Max fame and many other films. And this is about a, a woman who finds uh, basically a genie uh, played by I Idris Elba who offers her three wishes. And, you know, it all kind of all turns bad. I haven't gotten around to seeing it. But um, anyway, there's no extras at all on this uh, 4K and Blu-ray, but 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, got some mediocre reviews uh, when it came out, so not sure about that. But anyway, Blue Hawaii, Blue Hawaii, uh, Elvis, starring in this one, of course. Uh, Paramount has issued this with a uh, they're billing it as an eye popping 1961 uh, Technicolor musical that has um, been issued with in a 4K Ultra HD with HDR10 and Dolby Vision. X 6.1. So uh, this is um, they've done a, a 4K uh, scan of the film Blue Hawaii, and um, there are a few extras. Commentary by historian James Nebar and uh, Blue Hawaii photo scrapbook and the original theatrical trailer. So anyway, for Blue Hawaii getting a 4K issue from Paramount, and it's typical of many of the Elvis films of its era. If you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so we have, uh, the diamond wizard is a 3d film, uh, from being issued by Kino from 1954. And we have that, uh, the little, little rascals collection is, uh, they've been putting these out. They've been restored by classic flicks, uh, and they've been issuing them, uh, by volume each, uh, like a volume every couple of months. Well, they finally, uh, issued all of them, and now they're in a, a set that you can get for your own. The Centennial Edition of The Little Rascals. Uh, and uh, that's 1922 to 1938. Basically all of their uh, talking short films. 
during the Hal Roach era before he sold them to MGM and they became our gang. And the less said about those, uh, the better. I think Assassination, the uh, later ones, that is. Assassination, starring uh, Henry Silva and Evelyn Stewart, a, uh, a crime thriller from 1967, uh, and the Valachi Papers, didn't starring Charles Bron- Bronson. Didn't Bronson do a movie called Assassination as well? He did. In 1987, I believe. Yeah, this is a different film with Henry Silva, Evelyn Stewart. But the Valachi Papers, starring Charles Bronson, has also been issued, interestingly enough. So those and was, are wasn't that like Jill Ireland was the first lady, or what was she in that? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you remember well, my friend. So, yeah. Yeah. They should These have switched. Are... Like, Bronson, should have, <laughs> Bronson and Jill Ireland should have done guarding Tess. <laughs> there you go. That would have been. And the Cage and McLean could do uh, assassination. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, Die Hard, uh, I, I, I was listening to the Quentin Tarantino podcast where they talked about the light at the edge of the world, and they were thinking that it has some similarities to Die Hard. Now I'm curious about that film. I have never seen that. Uh, the light at the edge of the world. So now I gotta gotta make an effort to see that. Uh, I was curious. So that was the uh, that was on their last podcast, along with the Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, which I'm a huge fan of. You don't have to sell me on that one. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, so we'll move along with a, a Moon Age Daydream, Moon Age Daydream, which is the uh, latest, uh, which is a new documentary rather about the life and times of David Bowie. But it's kind of a freeform documentary, no talking heads or any of that. Uh, they say it's it's quite Unlike anything you've ever seen, uh, I have not gotten around to it yet. Again, uh, there's so much to see here during award season and uh, with the voting and all that. And this is one they they really want me to watch. And I I hope to get to it in the next week. So uh, anyway, uh, get good word of mouth on that though. Just about everybody uh, gives it has given it a glowing review. So anyway, uh, Wayne's World uh, was previously issued in a 20th, uh, sorry 30th anniversary edition earlier this year. Now it's getting the uh, the 4K upgrade from Paramount. Uh, as is Used Cars, the Robert Zemeckis film. That's from part of the Shout Select line of titles. It's getting a 4K upgrade, and I'm a huge fan of that one. I think it's a, a quite funny film starring Kurt Russell uh, as a used car salesman trying to hold on to the dealership in which he works, and Jack Warden playing uh, brothers who are competing against each other who operate competing uh used car dealerships so anyway if you haven't seen used cars less said the better it's a very funny film i must tell you death game from 1977 later remade as knock knock this is the original with uh, sandra Locke, where these two women uh, knock on a guy's door and basically he lets them in to use the phone and they torture him and uh, the original is is uh, it's it's definitely an odd film. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting film. Seymour Casal is in the film, and his entire uh, all of his dialogue is dubbed by another actor, which makes it really weird right from the get go. Because apparently he didn't get along with uh, the filmmaker. There was a problem there, and so that that it, that puts things in a weird area right from the get go. And so it's just, uh, but it's an interesting film, Death Game, the original. Um, it's, uh, I would recommend seeing it if you haven't. And a couple of Paramount releases. We have uh, Airplane 2, the sequel, being issued by Paramount. Previously, Warner 
Warner Brothers had uh, signed off on a deal with Paramount about 10 years ago, and they were releasing some of their titles. And they had issued this with a uh, coupled with a uh, airplane. It was a double feature, but it's never been issued, I don't think, as a standalone. So anyway, Air- Airplane 2, the sequel, and Black Snake Moon from 2007, starring Samuel L. Jackson, of course. Those are uh, getting the Blu-ray treatment. No 4K, just the uh, the Blu-ray treatment. Uh, the Carry On is a uh, series of films that are really popular in, in Britain. I'm not familiar with them, but uh, I am aware of them. They've all been issued in a box set called the Carry On Film Collection Volume 1, which has four of these films. Uh, and I, I'm assuming that there's more films to be released soon. So anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, WALL-E is a Disney film that surprisingly was is has been issued by Criterion. And there was speculation that oh, maybe this is going to lead to a partnership between Disney and Criterion and that maybe we'll see more Disney product coming from Criterion. Uh, the word on the street is this is just a one-off deal. This is not that's not going to be the case. Unfortunately. So uh I was sad to hear that. I was hoping we might see some of these like uh, David Lynch's uh, The Straight Story would be a nice Disney title to see issued on Criterion. But, uh, well, there's a new transfer here. Um, so uh, it's and there's some new extras that I think the uh, like I said, the uh, I think it's Andrew Stanton directed this. So there's, um, you know, uh, it's, it, he just wanted Criterion to handle the chores on their uh on their uh, on this release, just this one. So it was unfortunately just um, just one only. But you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, Malcolm X getting a 4K issue from Criterion. Also, uh, this uh, has been previously issued on Blu-ray from Warner Brothers, but not in 4K. First 4K release of this. So did you pick that up yet? Or which one? Uh, Malcolm X. No. That was one of them that I went to Barnes and Noble to specifically get because it was listed oh, as okay. in their in their in stock on the internet. Uh-huh. So I drove way out of my way to go to Barnes and Noble, and that was the one I picked up and saw that it was a Blu-ray and they didn't have any 4Ks in stock. Oh yeah. However, That's I bought good. ten other Criterions when I was there. Uh, so. What all did you get? It wasn't like I showed uh, restraint. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I guess exactly. I did get some Blu-rays. I got. Uh, uh, I didn't get the Malcolm X because I wanted to wait for 4K, but stuff like uh, Kurosawa's Dreams, and uh, I went ahead and got Barry Lyndon, and I got uh, I got a bunch of stuff. Uh, I did get the piano and Double Indemnity uh, on 4K. I got some Arrow Video stuff, and uh, yeah, and I got Cruising, that Arrow Video of Cruising, and uh, you're right. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, the image uh, it's beautiful. The oh, transfer, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, even though you're looking at some really kind of disturbing stuff, but uh, <laughs> but just the like inky inky black, it's as yeah. close to a color black and white movie as you can get. I guess he redid the color timing on it, and it looks the best it's ever looked. <clears throat> it sure does. Yeah, I was very impressed. Yes, yeah, and, and the commentaries are endlessly entertaining. There's a commentary on there. It's a conversation between Friedkin and Mark Kermode that's mm-hmm. really good. And Kermode is smart enough to pepper him with very specific questions throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I uh, I think I might have listened to one of the commentaries, but not only one. I don't think I think there's still some that I haven't listened to. So yeah, I should probably dig that out and go back and investigate that. But yeah, I was very impressed with the uh, transfer. That's the best that movie has ever looked. And uh, I, you know, with Arrow has been taking some of those titles and giving them the 4K upgrade. So I wonder if they'll eventually do that with cruising. But I can't imagine that it would be much better because yeah. it's just incredible. So uh, yeah. So a shout out for the uh, Arrow video of cruising if you don't have that and, and are interested in it. <laughs> so okay, planes, trains, and automobiles getting a 4K upgrade from Paramount. Uh, again, the word on the street here. I, I guess maybe Paramount's dropping the ball a little bit uh, on their some of their titles because their views weren't good with the picture quality here. But the big for me, the big draw on this one was. There's 75 minutes of deleted scenes that have never been seen before. And we had Paul Hirsch on the show multiple times, and he talked about these deleted scenes that the original cut of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was apparently almost three hours long. And this stuff was thought to be lost. And so uh, it has been found. Uh, I believe John Hughes's wife passed away. So he now that John Hughes and his wife are now gone, I think the kids are loosening the reins on the John Hughes archives. And I think that's how some of this it's, uh, it's actually from videotape footage, but the quality is not, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's decent. You, it's watchable. Uh, a lot of the scenes, I watched them all, all 75 minutes of deleted scenes that are here. And a lot of them are, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, this needed to go, but there are a couple of really funny scenes amongst them. You just kind of have to sift through them to get to them, but there's some really, some real winners that I wish had been included in the film. In particular, there's one scene where uh, where John Candy puts the uh, – they allude to it in the film, in the final film, where he puts the quarters in the vibrating bed, and then Steve Martin goes and gets to bed, and he says, oh, it's all wet in here. And he says, yeah, well, how was I going to know that those that those beers were going to explode when I put that – when I put the – I turned the bed on or whatever. And so they actually show it in the film, uh, the deleted scenes rather on this disc. So that's pretty funny and some other stuff. So yeah, after anyway. that first Paul Hirsch interview aired years ago, there was a listener that reached out to me and said, I'm starting a petition for Paramount to release those, the extra footage. And he said, <laughs> yeah. he said, could you put me in touch with, could you give this to Paul Hirsch, the link to the petition? <laughs> and I was like, you give it to Paul Hirsch. It's not my petition, man. I'm not going to be a spokesperson for some stranger. Yeah, that's, I know, right? It's kind of weird. It's, uh, you know. It used to get inundated with that stuff. Hey, can you give me James Cameron's contact information? I said, if if you're worthy of having it, you'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) Good response. Good response. That's good. Yeah. Well, I guess people want to get in touch however they can. They Try every avenue. Well, uh, Rollerball has been issued in 4K from Shout Factory. This was previously available from Twilight Time, but they, uh, Shout Factory's picked up the rights to it. And, uh, you know, James Caan, futuristic sport, pretty violent sport of the film's title. Um, you know, this film has a lot of fans. And, uh, so anyway, Rollerball getting the 4K treatment. Uh, High Plains Drifter has gotten the 4K treatment from Kino. This was a good transfer on this film. I got the review copy on it. There's some good special features, too. Uh, Audio commentary by film historian Steve Mitchell and Nathaniel Thompson. And 
filmmaker Alex Cox doing a commentary on High Plains Drifter and an interview with uh, actress Mariana Hill, interview with actor Mitch Ryan, interview with actor William O'Connell. Some, and, of these, uh, some of these commentaries I listen to, man, are just I, – I love commentaries, but some of them are just insufferable. <laughs> yeah, I some, prefer – Sometimes I don't know why they were asked, and then other yes. times there's two people, and one of them's just uh, hijacking the entire conversation. So what's the other guy doing in there? All right. Uh, and then, you know, I got a bunch of keynotes the other day that came in and um, – Eight million ways to die was one of them. So I was mm-hmm. watching some of the special features, and during an interview with Andy Garcia, he was talking about being mo- moved by by Ashby's uh, early work, mm-hmm. and then it shows a still from the last detail of Ashby directing Nicholson. And the caption on the photo says, Hal Ashby directing five easy pieces. Hmm. I'm like, man, nobody caught that? Right. It's the wrong movie. And, of course, anybody that knows knows that Ashby didn't direct five easy pieces. Yeah. That's, uh, gosh. Wow. I even took a photo of it. (laughs) Right, yeah. So I was like, I got to share this. How could how could that slip past? Quality control, man. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a pretty big one there. Yeah, Bob Rafelson. Yeah. Hmm. Not even in the ballpark. Wow. Interesting. Well, anyway, this um, Kino release of a High Plains Drifter is good looking. The quality of the picture is very good for this is Clint Eastwood's second film as a director, and I've always been a fan of it. It's I. It's probably my favorite of his westerns, to be quite honest. I, I think it has a, you know, it's a really, it's kind of a funny movie, but it also has a nasty streak that goes on through it as well, and it's kind of it's gotta, existential. Got to be better than Play Misty. Uh, yeah, it's it was definitely a step up in terms of uh, his command of the, uh, of you know the the camera and all that stuff. I, I like it. I like it. I really do. Uh, this next film, not so much, but uh, I hadn't seen it since it was originally released. Or rather, I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw it when it came out on DVD. I missed it in theaters way back when and then saw it on DVD about 20 years ago. The Company of Wolves, with uh, you know, directed by um, Neil Jordan. A lot of people love this film. I'm not among them. I saw it in 2004, like I said, and, and thought it was okay. It was tolerable. This time I found it to just be insufferable. And uh, I just don't uh, I don't get it. But anyway, if you are a fan of the Company of Wolves, and there are many, uh, it's getting a four. It has gotten a 4K release, uh, 4K Ultra HD, uh, courtesy of Screen Factory, with a new scan and an audio commentary with Neil Jordan. And yeah, there's pe- a new interview. People aren't, with, uh, people aren't liking his new movie, Neil Jordan. Yeah, it's what I've been hearing. Not not good not good things. The Liam Neeson as Marlowe movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but uh, I just uh, I saw a few blurbs about it not being good. So yeah. Hmm. It's important well, uh, to remember that Philip Marlowe has a very particular set of skills. Skills that would be a nightmare for a person like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna. Yeah, it's uh. I was going to say, you know, uh, making a 
a Philip Marlowe movie should be a cinch. That should be easy. It sounds like he would have, you know, but it's a character that, you know, <laughs> well, I guess he's no Altman. So anyway, <laughs> so um, anyway, we'll move along here with the uh, there's a uh, yeah, the Blu-ray has uh special effects, makeup, special makeup effects artist, Chris Tucker, uh, not the actor Chris Tucker, of course. Uh, and audio commentary with Neil Jordan again carried over on the Blu-ray and the trailer, seal gallery, behind the scenes, all that stuff for a company of wolves. Anyway, Night Gallery Season 3, uh, third and final season of Night Gallery being issued by Kino uh, on Blu-ray with new commentaries and a few new bonus features as well. Puss in Boots from 2011 being issued in 4K from Universal and DreamWorks. And Ski Patrol from 1990, getting the Blu-ray treatment from MVD Rewind Collection, part of their MVD Rewind Collection. Uh, Pennywise, the story of It, the original 1990 film, documentary on that, feature-length documentary on that uh, being issued. Um, also have uh, Shrek 2 getting a 4K issue from Universal and DreamWorks. And Mystery Men, the superhero parody film i don't know i guess that's what you'd call it i'm not sure from 1999 uh again i missed this when it came out and i i got the review copy watched it and uh, the quality is terrific but uh the film not so much uh just didn't get it on its wavelength at all found it not to be not to be funny in the least but great cast here you got hank azaria claire Forlani, uh, whatever happened to her janine garofalo eddie izzard uh, greg kinnear william h macy and of course you have, uh, well, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Rush and Ben Stiller, of course, and Wes Studi and Tom Waits. And of course, Paul Rubens as the, uh, whose superpower is that he uh, has silent but deadly farts. So, uh, anyway, um, you know, Mystery Men getting a 4K upgrade from Kino and Bros, the recent, uh, comedy. That, uh, caused a bit of a stir in the press because it was a first romantic comedy to feature two two gay men in the, uh, as the subject, and it didn't do very well and led to all kinds of accusations that people were homophobic, and that's why they didn't go see it. And Anyway, by the uh, stars of the film, anyway. Uh, I didn't see it, so I can't say anything about it, although it is has been issued from uh, Universal, I believe, in a collector's edition, Bros, from 2022. And um, we also have The Blood Beast Terror, which is a horror film with Peter Cushing that's being issued by... Kino, so uh, Kino, uh, you know, always a lot of um, releases from Kino in any given month, and so that was another one. Uh, the Final Countdown has been issued in 4K, released uh, a while back on Blu-ray, but this is a nice uh, free up computer bump up in the picture quality. I'm told didn't get a review copy of it, but uh, uh, the Final Countdown has been issued. Paramount has also issued. It started in Naples from 1960. And My Friend Irma from 1949, starring Martin and Lewis. And so we have those. Uh, Four Flies on Grey Velvet from Severin Films. That's the Dario Argento film getting a 4K release. As well as uh, Freeway from 1996. Of course, starring Kiefer Sutherland and Reese Witherspoon. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, that's a, that movie's a lot of fun. And it's a modern take on the Little Red Riding Hood story for anybody who hasn't seen it, and uh, quite well done. And Roadhouse getting a 4K release as well. 
this is the one with Patrick Swayze, of course. So um, this is Vinegar Syndrome, who has issued uh, Freeway, The Invisible Maniac, and Roadhouse, all on 4K. And then we move to the last day of the month. And uh, I think this is a Vinegar Syndrome release as well, but only on Blu-ray. Don't open till Christmas from 1984. And Cutter's Way, you talked about that on the last episode. Did you ever get your copy of Cutter's Way? I believe you did. I think you told me you did. Yeah, it's good. It's got a ton of commentaries on it. It's got like five okay. commentaries. One of them is totally unnecessary, but the others are good. Okay. Well, that's a that's a glowing recommendation. Yeah, it's... Um, Anyway, this is the, uh, isn't it a Fun City edition? Their subsidiary, I think, yep. put it out? Yeah, I thought so, yeah. So, uh, Detective Story, starring Kirk Douglas and Eleanor Parker from 1951. That's a Kino release, directed by William Wyler, with a new commentary there. And the film Noir, uh, The Dark Side of Cinema, volume 11, I think it is. That's a film, that's a, Kino release as well, another box set from covering the years 1948 to 56. And The Evil That Men Do, another Charles Bronson. You were just mentioning him earlier. Uh, that's a Shout Factory release. Um, getting a Blu-ray, uh, I think the first time on Blu-ray for The Evil That Men Do from 1984. Uh, Don't Worry Darling, the uh, horror film from earlier in this year, the second film directed uh, by... Um, Oh, uh, Olivia Wilde. What's her name? Yeah, Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Blanking out. Uh, I was not a fan of her first film, so, uh, I didn't have a lot of expectations for Don't Worry Darling. I saw it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's okay fine. for what it is. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I actually prefer it to her first film, which I found to be insufferable. Book smart. I actually walked out of it. It's one of the few films I've walked out of in the last 10 years, but I did. Um, and it's funny because so, one of my colleagues, he was, that was sitting beside me. He said, did you get sick? He called me later. Did you get sick? Are you OK? I said, no, I just hated that film so much that I just couldn't take it. It was insufferable. And so I, he didn't say anything. You got deathly quiet. And then uh, I looked at uh, his column uh, in a, co- a couple of days after we saw it. And he gave it uh, three and a half stars. He loved it. He was talking about how funny it was. So I <laughs> guess that's why he got quiet. Uh, but a lot of people did love book smart. I wasn't among them, but anyway. Uh, so a couple more, uh, Cohen Media, Cohen Film Collection, uh, re- titles from Cohen Media. We have A Knife in the Head starring Bruno Gans. Uh, it's about a man who's shot in the head and the police don't want to, uh, look like they're at fault for this. So they turn it, they turn the story around and make it look like he was a radical and he deserved what he got. And it's got really good reviews from, uh, Leonard Malton. I know he liked it and the New York Times. Gave it glowing reviews as well. I didn't get around to seeing my review copy of it. A knife in the head is about somebody that gets shot in the head? Yes, it is. But I don't know why it would be called a knife in the head. But it is about a a man who is shot shot, and then uh, the police uh, turn the story around and make it look like he's a radical and that he deserved it, which isn't the case. But anyway, we have the unguarded moment from 1956, which was a fun Movie I'd never seen. Uh, I remember TBS used to run this quite a bit, but I never did get around to seeing it. Kino Lorber releasing this one. It's a universal film starring Esther Williams, who was famous for her uh, films where she was swimming in, in most of them. And this is a rare non-aquatic role for Esther Williams. And she's basically uh, being terrorized by one of her students, played by John Saxon in the film. I think it was his film debut. But it's a... Uh, 
I, I liked it. I really did. I, I thought it was a lot of fun for what it was. It's kind of a trashy 50s melodrama, but uh, it had some fun moments. And Edward Andrews, who played one of the grandparents in uh, 16 Candles, and he's in Gremlins and many other movies, uh, he plays uh, John Saxon's dad in the film. He's really creepy here. So anyway, the unguarded moment from 1956, uh, kind of fun. And uh, so we also have Entree New, which was the winner of the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film in 1983. It's about the friendship of two women. Um, that's uh, Mio Mio and Isabel Huppert and their uh, friendship over the decades. And um, uh, it's, a, it's a good movie. I don't think it's great, as some critics have suggested, like um, I know Siskel and Liebert were really high on it, but I, I did like it. I did like it. Entre New is, is good. Maybe, like I said, maybe not great, but, but definitely good. Solid film. And it has been issued as part of the Cohen Film Collection as well. And then we have a DVD that's kind of interesting here. It's a DVD, not a Blu-ray release, but I'll mention it. It's uh, from MPI, and it's uh, basically a two-hour collection of television appearances by the cast of the Munsters. And um, it's called The Marine Land Carnival and More Lost Treasures. And it includes a one-hour-long Marine Land Carnival 1965 TV special starring the Munsters cast. And it has a 1966 full-color-themed Munsters episode with Fred Gwynn as Herman on Danny Kaye, and there's rare skits, vintage talk show interviews with the Munsters TV stars, new featurette with Butch Patrick, and um, guest appearances by Edie Adams, Joy Bishop, more delights. So two hours' worth of entertainment here uh, if you're a Munsters fan. So Marineland Carnival, you know, not technically a movie, but, um, you know, there was several Munsters theatrical features, including the recent one from Rob Zombie. So uh, I think that pretty much covers all of the November releases that I am aware of. 